0: Hey, good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Wednesday. Casey Disclare here. Whew, I got a lot going on today. I'm running around. I'm just getting to the studio, making things happen. We'll have a good show for you, though. Uh, we've got Brody Williams, South LaFouche Boys basketball coach, joining us at noon. Man, his team had a tough one last night. They were up in, by double digits against Thibodeau and just kind of didn't play well in the second half. The pressure got to the Tarpons a little bit. But give credit to Thibodeau. They get a home win over South LaFouche and a result that surprised a few folks locally, but wasn't a, a tremendous surprise to to uh, some folks who'd watch Thibodeau. I kind of told you guys earlier in the week, hey, man, they played Southside really well when they're making shots and when they're playing with pace offensively. They're going to be tough. They got a win last night. Wags Brody about it at noon. At 12-15, my buddy Taylor Griffin, the turtle, will be joining us. Taylor and I both have... High school basketball coverage on Friday night as we're going to be traveling to Patterson. South LaFouche will be taking on the Patterson Lumberjacks. So that'll be a good opportunity for the Tarpons to try to bounce back. Turtle and I will be at that ball game um, on Friday night. And I'm going to also ask Taylor about LSU and the Saints and WWE and Nichols. And we were both at the Nichols game last night. What a blessing that is. Look, man, I want to say this. And maybe I mentioned this last week. The show's all kind of blend into one. You got the Thanksgiving holiday, whatever it may be. It's really cool to me, man, and I'm super proud of, of Taylor, um, and I'm super proud of uh, Thomas Roos. I'm super proud of, you know, Abby, who's taking pictures at the games. That's four people. And myself, you know, doing the games on ESPN+. Plus. Taylor does the PA. Thomas does marketing, and Abby is, like, our lead photographer at the newspaper. I'm so proud. Like, that's four people from here. Abby's a LaRose Gal, Thomas and Taylor, and you know myself, we're all down the body of people. That's four people that are making a big impact, man. Big impact. Like, kudos to, to that little core group right there of uh, making a positive difference and helping the university and helping our student athletes and then to widen that even further. Um, and I'm I'm not gonna brag too much about our newspaper team here, but like our newspaper team was at seven games last night. Seven games. That's incredible, man! Like we got a little three, four man crew. They we went out to seven games last night. No one else locally is covering the area, and you know myself with the you know the radio work and coastal broadcasting and the newspaper. Like we're doing a wonderful job. I'm so proud of them. Um, that's Abby. That's Riley Brantley. That's um, Catherine Bourgeois. and you know just an excellent job. So proud of them. Our boys basketball scoreboard last night: Central LaFouche gets a sixty to forty seven win over Morgan City. The Trojans continue to play well in the early portions of the season. We had a loaded local scoreboard last night. A lot of interesting results. Thibodeau beat South LaHouche 55 to 52, overcoming a I believe, 12, 13-point halftime deficit in defending their home floor and getting a big-time signature win for them after a little bit of a rougher time at their home tournament. South Terrebonne falls 59 to 54 against Pope John Paul II. How could I say this nicely? Um the Gators were really strong the last few years. They're not as good this year. They lost a lot. They're younger. They're going to play hard. They're going to compete like hell. They're going to give you everything that they got. Just talent and skill-wise, it's just not there the way that it was the last few years over at South Terrebonne. They fought a Pope John Paul last night. Um, I believe that wrapped up the local boys' scoreboard. I don't think we had any other local results on the boys' end of things, but we... Do have a bunch of girl results to talk about last night as there was a lot of girls' basketball in our area. Um, and we start off with the Thibodeau Lady Tigers, who we talk about the boys' basketball team at Thibodeau getting a signature win. How about the girls? Coach Ashley Adams and her crew get a victory over Ellender last night, 44-35. to 35. Boy, that's a big, big win there for Coach Adams and her team getting a victory over the Ellender uh, Lady Patriots and, and continuing their strong play throughout the course of the season. Franklin gets a victory 50-48 to 48 over HL Bourgeois last night in girls' basketball action. Uh, John Curtis puts it on Hanville 79-44. to 44. I saw John Curtis earlier this season. They've got a guard on their team that is uh, ridiculous. Whatever adjective you want to use, she's a special, special player. Uh, South Terrebonne falls 42-23 to against Pope John Paul II. And Central Catholic of Morgan City comes to the Lockport Rec Center and beats the South Lafouche Lady Tarpons 50-49. to So a big win for Central Catholic, getting a victory over a 4A opponent. A great job for them in the early season. Edie White struggles offensively. They fall 29-24 against St. John. Uh, Coach Sanak and his team just having a hard time scoring the basketball in the early stages of the season. Assumption gets a 46-40 to win over St. James. That's a girls' basketball result from last night, so kudos to them. How about Kathy Luke and the Homa Christian Warriors? They go on the road and beat East Jefferson 54-10. to uh, So Homa Christian gets a big win over East Jeff and carries some momentum forward as they continue their non-district play. So kudos to all of our local teams for... Doing a good job last night. Also want to shout out West Thibodeau Middle School. They got a doubleheader victory over CCA. <clears throat> got some good results there. Played really, really good basketball. And I also want to shout out um, Bo Georges, which is a local uh, guy at LaRose Cutoff Middle School. He is was given the honorary number 14 jersey uh, for LCO Middle School. He is an eighth grader. He's a basketball player. He was given the honorary number 14 jersey in honor of the late Eric Thibodeau, a former South Lafouche standout and also LCO standout who wore the jersey proudly, uh, was tragically killed in a senseless act of violence at a party a couple of years back. Um, and the LCO started the wonderful tradition of giving a player that jersey, a player that honors you know the things that Eric stood for, which is you know high character and good work ethic and you know tremendous love and passion for the game. And Bo Jarges is the latest. Uh, to earn that uniform, number 14, which he will wear proudly throughout the course of the upcoming season for LCO. We're going to be covering our middle school basketball teams just like we did our middle school football teams. The season is still um, young, very young. We're not in parish play yet. The teams are kind of playing outside of the parish, but whenever we dive headfirst, we're going to have some games that we're going to broadcast on the air live and we also have some games that we're going to be you know, talking about and stuff that we're maybe not going to be able to get to to cover live. But we're going to be following that uh, very strongly throughout the course of the season. Let's catch a break when we get back out of our first commercial break. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit of uh, maybe E.D. White. We'll talk a little bit of LSU in Georgia. Some new college football playoff rankings are out. And then at noon, we dive into Brody Williams, and then we get – Taylor Griffin, so we dive into the phone lines for about 30-35 minutes. Then we've got our mailbag today as well. And then at the bottom of the show, our picks. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this.
1: It's the Black Friday sales event going on now until the end of November. Check out the great new holiday deals at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat today, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. See the spectacular 2022 Dodge Durango with 511.18 off MSRP, now 55,912. Must finance through Chrysler Capital to qualify for Chrysler Capital and have a beacon score of 620 or less to qualify for CCAP 22 non-prime retail bonus cash.
4: Hello friends and family, Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about DoFriend building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called DoFriend Easy Buy? Come see us at DoFriendLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the DoFriend difference.
1: Guaranteed. Wrestling has more than one royal family.
5: We're
0: 48 hours away from Ed White playing in the semifinals of the Division II Select Football Playoffs. It's Casey Disclare here in play-by-play. Uh, exciting time for a lot of the folks in Thibodeau, man. They're really looking forward to that matchup. They're looking forward to the opportunity to try to make it to the dome. Uh, they've got a big stiff challenge, uh, in St. Thomas Moore. That's going to be coming up for the Cardinals. But I think E.D. White is as good as anybody. And and I think that there are a couple of things that if they do well, they're going to have a great shot. Stan and I kind of talked about this yesterday. And I mean it sincerely, you got to get off to a good start, right? If you're E.D. White, you've got to get off to a good start. You've got to, um, Win the first quarter, and show that you're not intimidated by your surroundings on the road in a rowdy and hostile environment. And I think the Cardinals will be ready to do that because <clears throat> White has played in some interesting situations this season. They played a road game at Vanderbilt, that was a rowdy environment. You play at Woodlawn and Baton Rouge, at Patterson. You know, you make the long road trip to Sam Houston. So they've been on bus trips. They've been two rowdy places, and they've they've been road warriors throughout the course of the year. I think they'll be ready to handle that. Um, The second thing that I think the Cardinals are going to need to do is you're going to have to find a way to slow down the powerful St. Thomas More offense. St. Thomas More has not scored fewer than 28 points in any game this season. They have scored 35 or more points. Count them, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 11. They've scored 35 or more points 11 times this season in, you know, however many games it's been. So um, just an excellent offense. I'm, excuse me, that's 10, 10 or more times they scored 35 or more points. My bad. Um, but just an excellent offense, an offense that is so explosive, has so many playmakers, and schematically challenges you to guard every single inch of grass on the field. And white has got some speed. They're going to be able to run with, St. Thomas more they've been able to run with everybody that they played but they're going to spread you so thin you're going to have to cover every inch of grass on the field and then when you start getting overly concerned about the things on the outside and down the field that's whenever they hit you into a a a, um, into the box and they are they run the ball right at you and go at the teeth that the teeth of your defense knowing that there's not going to be many guys in the box because you've got to be spread out to guard their receivers so, I think that E.D. White on both offense and defense are going to have to win first downs. You've got, and it sounds cliche, and I know that you could say this for almost any football game that's ever been played, but you've got to win first downs. On offense, they've got to get three, four yards on first down. They've got to play second and six. If they're playing second and nine, second and 11, that's not what that offense is built for. They've got to play second and six, stay ahead of the chains. On the flip side to that, you've got to, win first down on your end and force St. Thomas Moore into predictable situations. You know, maybe it'd be a third and eight where you know they're throwing or whatever it may be. You can't give them the option to have balanced down and distance situations where they could either run it or throw it. Because if they do that, you're going to be guessing. And if you're guessing against an offense like this, you're going to see what we've seen throughout the playoffs, which is them scoring 30, 40, 50 points. But I don't think this is mission impossible, right? I don't think this is mission impossible. I think that this is going to be something that ED White is prepared for. I think that they're going to be capable of playing with St. Thomas more throughout the course of the game and I think that they're going to have a great shot. Just going to be a matter of getting off to a strong start and doing a little you know some of those situational things to give themselves a chance on the road. Um the winner of that matchup will face the winner between Lafayette Christian and Turling's Catholic in the dome. That dome game would be Friday at noon. <laughs> I got to tell you guys, um if E.D. White's playing next Friday at noon in the Dome, like we're not going to have play by play. I'm going to be out there at the Dome, you know, getting pictures and everything, covering the Cardinals. So uh, just something to pay attention to is that there is the possibility of our schedule being altered a little bit as the Cardinals are, are continuing their march. Now, <clears throat> another matchup here, and this game will actually be able to hear on our sister station over at ESPN 100.3. We'll have a, a 5A game, and I say 5A, that's actually Division I non select these days. Where we'll have Destrahan, who will be playing in a semifinal matchup against Westgate. My old buddy Jeff Boggs will be calling that one play-by-play. Play. Be joined by sideline reporter Keith Bear. <laughs> Where you have Westgate, who's 10-3, traveling to take on Destrahan, who is unblemished on the season. Our sheet here says 12-1, but they're actually an unblemished 12-0 in the year. They haven't lost a game this season um, the Wildcats rolled through their regular season unbeaten, but then finally got challenged against C. St. John in the last round. They went 21-20. to It's really the only close game that Destrahan has played all year. Um, they had to defend a two-point conversion play that could have potentially put them behind. They got the stop, and uh, now they're going to be hosting Westgate, a team like you, we know this with Westgate. You guys don't need me to t- – Like. No one listening right now that knows anything about high school football needs me to tell them that Westgate's going to have a bunch of athletes. Anybody who knows anything about you know the way this stuff works is going to know, all right, they're going to have talented playmakers. They're going to be able to run. They're going to be able to you know get the ball down the field. So if Destrehan could keep the big plays away from Westgate, then they'll have a great opportunity. But if Destrehan is able to limit that, then I think that you know Westgate might have a, a tough night. Westgate has lost three games this year, but pay no mind to that. You know, when you're losing to Turlings and Lafayette Christian and St. Thomas Moore, I mean, that's just the best of the best. And and those results were close. They lost by eight to St. Thomas Moore, eight to Turlings, and then Lafayette Christian did put it on him pretty good. But it's a Westgate team that's going to be battle tested and they're going to be more than capable of playing really well throughout the course of the game on Friday. So you'll be able to hear that one over on ESPN one hundred point three. The College Football Playoff Committee has released their new rankings, and I mean, not surprisingly, LSU tumbled. They're all the way down to number 14 now. They've dropped nine spots after losing to Texas A&M. The top four is Georgia at number one, Michigan at number two, no surprises there, TCU at number three, and USC at number four. Really no surprises anywhere in the top four. Those were the four that we all kind of understood. The big drama, though, Was going to be who was number five because there was a lot, or there are a lot of teams that are kind of vying to trying to be that next team in line in case if there's a hiccup on Saturday. If USC loses on Saturday, who's going to be the next team in line? As of right now, that's Ohio State. They're currently number five in the country despite their embarrassing home loss against Michigan on Saturday. It's the Buckeyes who carry the number five ranking. What was interesting to me and interesting is just my way of saying or refusing to say dumb to me was the fact that the college football playoff committee chairperson said yesterday when announcing the rankings that it wasn't necessarily the case that Ohio State would just automatically stay above Alabama who's number six and Tennessee who's number seven to which I said how the hell is that the case like Ohio State, Alabama, and Tennessee all don't play on Saturday. They're all not in their conference championship games. So what could possibly change between now and next Sunday whenever the football playoff rankings officially come out and we know who the top four teams are going to be? What could possibly change if all of the teams are idle? No one's going to have the opportunity to play again. No one's going to have the opportunity to showcase themselves again. So why would Alabama or Tennessee potentially jump Ohio State now if they haven't already jumped them? And look, I'm saying this from a position of, I think Alabama should be number five in the country over Ohio State. Oh, they got two losses. Ohio State got one. I don't care. If Ohio State played Alabama's schedule, Ohio State would have four losses. Alabama's got a better strength of schedule and they have more favorable losses. Alabama lost on the buzzer to number seven and lost on the buzzer to number 14. Close, hard fought, could have gone either way. Ohio State, yeah, they lost to the number two team in the country, sure, I give you that. That's in, in theory, on paper, a better loss. They got their ass kicked at home by multiple touchdowns. Alabama's losses were on the road at the buzzer played a stronger schedule, played in a real conference, I could go on and on and on. So it was just puzzling to me to hear that, oh, well, it's not necessarily the case that Ohio State's going to stay number five. What would change? None of the teams are playing. What could possibly change that would cause Alabama to jump Ohio State or Tennessee to jump Alabama or whatever it may be? however you want to slice it up. Sorry, I feel like I'm about to sneeze. You guys know I've been fighting this cold for a month here. Um, So I thought that was interesting. LSU's number 14. You asked me if, if they win on Saturday against Georgia, what happens? They probably jump back into the top 10 slightly. They'll be nowhere near the top four. They'd go to the Sugar Bowl and play somebody there. If they lose, they'll drop uh, 17, 18, something like that, and uh, still go to a solid bowl game, but it wouldn't be one of the top bowl games. Tulane is currently number 18, and big news yesterday from Tulane as Willie Fritz announces that he's staying with the university um, as Georgia Tech actually hires from within. Here's what happened, okay? And no one has reported this, but just from covering a lot of these in the past, here's what happened. Willie Fritz was going to Georgia Tech, right? And I have no doubt that they probably agreed to the terms, probably agreed to the compensation, probably agreed to just about all of it, right? But here's what happens. Willie Fritz is about to play in the American Athletic Conference Championship game, and a lot of times these coaches quietly make these deals and they say, all right, I don't want it to leak. You know, let's wait until Sunday when my season's done. Let's do it then. And then what happens is once it leaks, the coach gets angry, says, well, if I can't trust you to keep things private, you know, why would I want to go work for you? The trust breaks down, it erodes, the coach kind of backs away, and, and then it, and then it's all over with. So I have no doubt that the initial reporting that was done over the weekend, which had him off the Georgia Tech, I have no doubt that there was a lot of merit to that. And I have no doubt that he was probably very close to officially pulling the trigger there. But he probably wanted to announce it on his own terms when that didn't happen. He said, you know what? To hell with y'all. I'm going to just stay at Tulane. And, you know, Georgia Tech missed out. Now they have to promote from within, and they don't get a guy who I think is a pretty good football coach. Tulane will be taking on Central Florida in their conference championship game in a rematch of a game earlier this season where the Wave really struggled to handle Central Florida's offense. Remember we told you at the time of that first game that Central Florida is quarterbacked by uh John Rise Plumley, who is um former Ole Miss quarterback. Uh do you remember in the, the L S U national championship season, the Tigers dropped from number one to number two randomly after they gave up a zillion points to Ole Miss. John Rise Plumley was the quarterback of Ole Miss at the time. Remember that guy who really couldn't throw but as fast as a track star and was running around and breaking tackles and doing all kinds of stuff to disrupt Dave Aranda's defense. That was John Rice Plumley. He's now at Central Florida. He's worked on his passing game quite a bit. He's a more proficient passer than he was then. He's still not you know, Dan Marino in the pocket. His still primary weapon is with his legs. This season, he's rushed for 848 yards and 11 touchdowns, but he has thrown for 13 touchdowns and seven interceptions. So the challenge for Tulane will be, how do you slow down the quarterback and, and, you know, keep him in the pocket, make him beat you with your arm. <clears throat> and then the challenge from Central Florida's perspective is how do you slow down the two-lane power running game? As two-lane runs the ball so proficiently well, they've got a big, powerful offensive line and a great running back in Spears. Um, if you could make two-lane play um, obvious pass downs, you're going to have a chance to get them off the field. But Pratt, though he's had a great season, it's more because of that play-action, you know, unpredictable, catch-the-defense-guessing type of offense Tulane wants to run it and wants to pound the rock. That's primarily what they're looking to do. So that'll be a good showdown matchup there. If the Wave are victorious, uh, you're looking at like a cotton bowl type of thing. It would be a New Year's, you know, six matchup against a big-time powerful program. If you fall short, then I don't know what the, you know, the American Athletic Conference, uh, you know, bowl situation will look like there for the Wave. So big opportunity for them. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Brody Williams of South LaVouche High School. The Tarpons fell last night in a non-district matchup against Thibodeau. We'll ask Coach Brody about that in the next segment here on Play by Play.
5: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The music on the bayou, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. The music on the bayou, the Raging Cajun, 1600 AM, KLEB and 102.7 FM. It's the Black Friday
1: sales event going on now until the end of November. Check out the great new holiday deals at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat today, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. See the spectacular 2022 Dodge Durango with 511.18 off MSRP, now 55,912. Must finance through Chrysler Capital to qualify for Chrysler Capital and have a beacon score of 620 or less to qualify for CCAP 22 non-prime retail bonus cash.
4: Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about DoFriend Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called DoFriend Easy Buy? Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Golfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference.
1: Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally-owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar? Feeders now, call 985 8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz off mosquito control, safe, effective, guaranteed.
2: At Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation.
5: Home health services in South LaHouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health. For the sick, the elderly, and the homebound, our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your position today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you.
6: There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Fence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Ben's RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Bents RV to experience a top 50 dealer or visit us at Ben'sRV.com.
0: Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Jiskler here. We go to the phone lines for the first time today in the show. We go to Brody Williams, South Foosh High School boys, basketball coaches on the line now. Brody, good afternoon, buddy. How are you?
7: Doing well, Casey. How y'all doing?
0: Good, bro. Uh, Tough one for your team last night. You guys played Thibodeau on the road and come up on the short end, lose by three. Uh, What were some of the things that went wrong for your team, man? I got some scoreboard updates. I was over at Nichols. You guys had a nice halftime lead and then just couldn't put it back together in the second half. What went wrong for your crew, man?
7: We uh, turned the ball over on offense way too much, couldn't handle pressure, and uh, we stopped playing defense. We let them get to the rim. And on credit to them, they, they made some adjustments and, and they were making some shots. I mean, they played well in the second half, they played like they wanted it more and we looked like we uh you know, like we thought we, we had the game won and we took it for granted and sure enough they chipped away at it and we uh we folded, you know, for folded under pressure and uh you know, I'm I'm upset and I I you know, I think that was a game we definitely should have won and I, I think that uh Hopefully it opens our eyes that um, our practice habits need to get better we need to work harder in practice and because uh, we saw it translated to the game um, that if you don't practice hard, that's the result you get.
0: Had a 22-point lead against Bourgeois, and then they cut it down to as you know, little as, I believe, four or five. And then last night it's a 12- or 13-point halftime lead, and it evaporates. Uh, how do you get those guys to stress, hey, man, like, even though we built the lead, we've got to keep doing the things that built us the lead and not kind of rest on our lores a little bit and allow the other team to come back?
7: Yeah, I, I mean, we, we we should never think the game's over. I mean, in any, any circumstance, because, you know, teams can get hot and, and come out. I mean, we, we need to come out and play just like we'd be 0-0, you know, and and play the game. We can't play, you know, lackadaisical or... Are scared. We still got to attack them on offense and defense. We, we got to still play defense and talk on defense and rebound. And we can't just let, oh, you know, they got a layup. We still up by 18. Oh, they make another layup. Oh, we still up by 16. Because if you have that mentality, before you know it, it's eight, six point, four point, and two point, and then they take the lead. And that's kind of what happened last night. They just slowly chipped away at it. We made silly turnovers in the backcourt, live ball turnovers. And, um, you know they 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 scored layups and we, we fouled and we stopped moving our feet on defense and, and there's a lot of little things we're gonna look at on film. You know I, I had a lot of you know as as a coach a lot of I take a lot of responsibility or all the responsibility really we need to get them ready in practice and, and stress to them that um, you know we, we got to finish games not just play for two quarters but play for four quarters.
0: On a more positive note, you guys did build that first half lead and were playing pretty well. What were some of the things that you guys did well to uh, in the first two quarters to you know get that double digit lead?
7: You know, they came out. We thought they'd come out. Man, they came out zone on us, and uh, we also started the game zone. So uh, they had you know they had an early three pointer, and we came back ran some good quality offense. Uh, they collapsed on the inside, which you know that's a big game plan. Always get the ball inside. To our big guys uh, to score and then inside out that's a good shot for us and we we kind of answered back with some three with a couple three pointers and uh, then we went man to man and we did well played good good defense uh, I think defense is the is the is the main thing that allowed us to build the league because we were scoring you know on offense not a whole lot but we were scoring some points but they only scored uh, eleven in the first half you know and nine of those came in from three pointers and when we were playing zone so um we were we were playing with energy in the beginning we were were getting disrupting some passing lanes we took a couple charges we were getting some rebounds but you know in the second half came and that, that same energy wasn't there and uh we let them just sneak back into it
0: tell me about um your next matchup which is against patterson i think on friday i i say that because they haven't played a game this season or they're getting their football guys back and you know, I saw they were scheduled to play New Iberia last night, but there's no score posted, so I don't know if that game happened or not. Uh, are you guys going to be making the trip out to St. Mary on Friday?
7: Yes, we're still playing on Friday. Uh, JV and varsity, JV starting at six, uh, and no, this, is, this we are their first game. They did not play uh, New Iberia. They um, they canceled that game on Tuesday because some of their guys, their football guys, were banged up from uh, from the season. Um, you know I kind of talked around and asked some coaches and I hear they're gonna be pretty good they're athletic we don't have I mean we have a last year film on them that I got from uh from somebody but um we don't have any film from this year because they didn't play yet uh, I heard they got a lot of returning guys and they're athletic and I mean they went to the quarterfinals in the in football so I'm sure they're gonna have some athletes um, we're gonna to have to show up and play we're gonna to have to play our game and if we if we if we're gonna if we struggle with handling pressure again, and we want to make silly passes and, and turn the ball over, it's gonna be a long night for the Tarpons. So, uh, so go ahead, go.
0: Oh no, I was just gonna say, you know, how do you approach that? You know, you're go- kind of going in blind. You you kind of are not knowing what to expect. Whereas they probably got multiple films on you. How do you approach that in practice before Friday? You just kind of work on your stuff, and you know, maybe you know press break and some things you're expecting to see. Yeah,
7: we're going to watch that, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to watch, you know, the coaches are going to watch that film on them from last year just to maybe get some of their their scheme stuff and, you know, if they're going to play man or zone, if they like to press or, or, or you know, things like that, but, um, yeah, it's kind of that we're just going to work on ourselves and I think after last night, that, that that's what we need to do anyway, we, we need to kind of figure ourselves out and, and figure out our identity and, and who we want to be moving forward because Anytime you have a tough loss like that, uh, and, and they know that the, the game, we, we, we lost the game and we, we had it where we wanted it. And, and, you know, credit to Coach Clark and, and Thibodeau, they played their butts off and they, they started double teaming BJ a little bit and, and doing different things. But there should have been no reason we didn't win that game. And I think going forward, I think they understand that. And I think we just got to work on ourselves and, and, and get better at what we do and, and more of, on the effort side of things and, and doing little things right like boxing out closing out uh, things like that getting better what we do and, and then go into the game and play our game and and, and, and be sound and, and hopefully come out with a W.
0: What was the mood of the team like last night because look man those kids know a lot of the guys on the Thibodeau side you don't want to lose to your buddies or anything like that how are they feeling after kind of you know dropping that one in such a tough and hard fought fashion
7: yeah I'm all in the locker room they were quiet and Nobody said nothing. I think they kind of knew that we let it slip. I mean, the first lead they had of the game was, uh, I think, with three minutes left or four minutes left in the fourth. Uh, we were leading the whole rest of the game, and I mean, I think I think they knew that we let that one slip. You know, instead of being three and one, um, you know, we're two and two, very close to being <clears throat> four and zero. Oh. I mean, we, lost, we had chances to beat Allender. We Lost by four at the end. Uh, and then this game too, is the same thing. Uh, we, we we got a lot of things to fix, and we're we gonna watch the film as a team, because um, I think they got to see it with their own eyes to see what we see. And uh, and we we'll go to practice, we got to work on those things. You know, as, as a young coach, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I made a, you know, probably a rookie mistake. I tried to do too much and put too much stuff in. And I think we really just got to get back to the basics and um, really playing solid defense. And not try to outdo ourselves on offense. Just run what, do what we do, and get good at that. And uh, I think that's kind of the plan going forward. As of right now, just working on us and, and working on the fundamentals and, and things of that nature.
0: You know, Facebook is a beautiful thing. I actually was able to watch your freshman game, despite not being there. Man, those younger Tarpons are playing good. They get a victory to start off their season against Terrebonne. There's got to be a, a proud feeling for far as a coach to see, man, those younger guys are hungry and they played super well against the Tigers and opened up their year with a bang.
7: Yeah, absolutely. they got a, a, a promising future. Um, you know, Coach Crosby told me they played extremely hard and the first half, I think we were winning big, you know, and then they kind of chipped away at it. and then he said these guys, they're resilient, you know, they, they fight, he said, Tan he took a forearm to the face or something, and no call and he didn't he didn't throw his hands up or complain he he just played he just took it right in the chin and kept going you know that's kind of like the the attitude we need that just that rough and tough that old tarpon basketball way and um you know that that's that's always been an advantage of ours. We've had tough teams, and usually the tough team wins, and from what I hear coach Crosby telling me from what I've seen so far, uh they're a pretty tough bunch.
0: Very good, brother. Thanks so much for the time. We'll see you on Friday, man.
7: Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Yep. That is Coach Brody Williams. Look, I I respect what he said there um, at the end. He said flat out, hey, I made a lot of mistakes. Um, Rookie coach tried to do too much. And um, look, man, when when you you got a big lead, you got to be able to to finish that game out. Um, People are going to blame whoever they want to blame. But at the end of the day, the onus is going to fall on the coach. And he's the first one to say, hey, man, he said it multiple times in the interview. I take responsibility. We've got to close that one out. That's a game that you've got by double figures on the road. It would have been a very quality win against a good Thibodeau team. You've got to finish that one out. And that's one that the Tarpons couldn't slam the door on, left a little crack in it. And you leave a crack in the door to a good team in their gym, they start making some shots and chipping away. And Tarpons got to figure out how to hold on to leads. They had a 22-point lead against Bourgeois before you knew it. It was a 5-6-point game, and you're in the fourth quarter, and you're having to re-win the game that you'd already won. Last night was the same situation, except when Thibodeau made that wave, you weren't able to battle back and re-win the game that you had already won. So tough one last night, but I think it'll be a learning experience. And now you're facing Patterson, who's going to have athletes, and you're not really going to know a whole lot about what they're going to do because <clears throat> they've got so many guys who... Um, you don't know, you know, where they're coming or going. And, you know, there's football players coming back. And, you know, it'll be an interesting test on Friday, a game you'll be able to hear right here on KLEB. Let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to the Turtle. Taylor Griffin will be joining us. We'll talk about the Tarpons. We'll talk about, you know, LSU and the Saints and Nichols and WWE and everything that Taylor and I usually get into. We'll chat about it in the next segment. It's play-by-play on KLEB.
5: The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM.
7: Want a freezy, easy-go gas golf cart? Golden Motors will be giving away a brand-new golf cart to
8: anyone who buys a new or pre-owned vehicle during the months of November 1st through January 31st. Buy your next new or pre-owned car, truck, or SUV and get your chance to win. See our collection of Silverados, Equinox, Trailblazers arriving daily. Golden Motors, where price is priority. On Highway 3235 and Cutoff, call 985-325-1000. Chevy, find new roads.
6: There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Fence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Ben's RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Ben's RV to experience a top 50 dealer or visit us at Ben'sRV.com.
1: If you've never been to a Rouse's market during the holidays, we'd like to officially invite you. We're your fresh seafood market for your casseroles and dressings your full-service butcher shop with Cajun specialties, your place to get your complete holiday dinner. Above all, we're a family-owned grocery store that supports our community so you can feel really good about shopping for your holiday meal without running around town to check off your list. The best stuff for the holidays is right here at Rouse's.
0: Welcome back to Play by Play. One of everybody's favorite segments comes Wednesday at 1215. And we welcome Taylor Griffin to the show. And the reason why people like this segment is because, man, we talk about everything. And, you know, Taylor doesn't, you know, shy away from saying how he feels about different things. So we welcome the turtle on the show. Brother, what's going on, man? How are you today?
8: Hey, doing good. How y'all doing? All right.
0: Good, man. Uh, We're proud and happy to announce here at the start of this segment that you and I will Be back at it. Uh, Our first Tarpon broadcast comes Friday. South of who's taking on Patterson. I had Brody on in the last segment of the show, and boy, he's sick. Uh, Sick meaning that Tarpons kind of gave one away last night. Had a 14-point halftime lead and couldn't finish it against Thibodeau. sure the Tarpons will be hungry to try to right those wrongs on Friday against Patterson, and I know that you and I both can't wait to be on the call for that one.
8: Well, I apologize for the wind. I'm about to get inside a vehicle. Oh, good, all good. Wind, but all be interrupting the uh, the audio. But uh, yeah, man, I'm super excited about the Patterson game. You know, an opportunity for the Tarps to get better, take a step back in the right direction. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate we couldn't be at the uh, at the Thibodeau game last night because of our Nichols obligations. But yeah, it's uh it's all about learning, as always. It's all about finding new ways to take steps forward. I mean, it's his first year. You know, the, the Tarpons just got a little bit of growing up to do. No big deal. I, I wouldn't read into it too deeply. I think they will be fine.
0: Luke, Brody was very open, and I applaud him for saying this. He kind of said a couple of times in his interview in the last segment, which folks could hear in the archives if they're just tuning in. He said, hey, man, I'm a young coach, and there's some stuff that I screwed up. And, you know, he thinks that he's tried to put in maybe a little bit too much offense and kind of instead of just honing in on the four or five plays that you run best, maybe putting in a little bit too much. You know, he talked about how you know, they've struggled to hold on to leads and, you know, how he's got to help the guys manage that better. Man, talk about that. You've been a young coach and, you know, it's easy when you're watching a game on TV to say, oh, well, he should have called a timeout right there. Or, you know, it's easy to say, oh, well, why do they keep doing this or why do they keep doing that? But whenever it's all on you and that clipboard and that dry erase marker are in your hands, stuff tends to move and happen really, really fast. Talk about that.
8: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you're absolutely right. It's, it's way easier to coach from the stands or from the couch or from just listening on the radio. However it is, in, however you're watching the game, it is, it is much, much easier to coach from there than from the bench. It's, uh, you know, things happen in the heat of the moment. Uh, there's there's all, all sorts of little things that you don't see until you realize you're standing in those shoes, all sorts of little things. Are, there, there's always, always way more to the big picture than what you're seeing as an outsider looking in. It's, um, you know, little things happen with the officials, little things happen with players on the bench, little things happen all over the place. And, you know, it's your job as a coach to see two, three steps ahead what's happening on the floor. And, you know, sometimes you get caught up in that, and you, you may you may forget that you should have just done something simple and basic, you know, in the first step. And it, 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 it happens. And it's not, you know, it's it's not a bad thing. It's, it's just, you know, people need to understand it's a, it's a lot more difficult than it looks out there. You know, and I commend Brody for, you know, being up front and forward. Like, hey, man, I, I missed. You know, that's that's a and and he knows he that, that's that's a huge step for everyone. It's all about taking a step forward. That's
0: that, that's it. Let's talk about LSU for a second, bro. The Tigers have just the disappointing loss against Texas A&M and dropped themselves out of the contention for college football playoffs. Um, it's easy to look at that and say, oh, you know, man, that's such a terrible result. And it wasn't a great result. I'm not gonna lie and say that it was. But at the end of the day, bro, their win total in Vegas at the beginning of the season was six and a half. So they far out exceeded their, everybody's expectations. And I think perspective is a big thing, bro. While it was extremely disappointing to lose in College Station, it has still been one hell of a year for the Tigers, man.
8: Casey, I got to disagree with you, man. Hashtag all bruh fire Brian Kelly. <laughs> I I'm absolutely kidding. Um. That's just a little shot for the, uh, the Facebook world who have been discussing, you know, the fair weather fans who can't uh, can't keep their head on straight when it comes to LSU football. Um, I'm very pleased with the season overall, man. You, you can't you can't fault the Tigers here. Um, we're still, as educated sports fans, we should still be extremely satisfied with the results of the season. Yeah, they blew it against A and M. It happens. It sucked to watch. I'm sure it sucked even more to be there, wearing a tiger uniform, um, playing in the stadium. I'm sure it was it was horrible for the fans that made the trip. I mean, it's uh, again, it's this whole season overall, big picture, is way more than we could have asked for. Uh, it's it's hard for me to get mad. Am I disappointed that the Tigers are out of the playoff contention? Of course, but. It's uh man, it's been a fun ride and all this is is a chance for them to grow and learn, and I absolutely cannot wait for next weekend, and even bigger than that, cannot wait for next year to see what Coach Brian Kelly does with a full year and then some with these guys. You know, plenty of time to grow. Let's see where it goes.
0: Any chance that we beat George on Saturday, because look, I I tend to see it one of two ways. I see Either the team may be being super disappointed, super let down, maybe not playing hard because they're disappointed that their playoff hopes are over, or I see Coach Kelly basically hammering them in practice and saying, hey, y'all wanted to take a week off last week. Well, guess what? We're going at it this week. And I could see LSU maybe giving George a little bit of a run on Saturday, maybe challenging him. What do you see? Man, I, it's, it's hard to disagree with you.
8: Uh, I think LSU, as we've discussed before on the show, everyone automatically expects whoever wins the SEC is getting into the playoffs. I mean, that's, that's almost a debt taxes, you know, granted automatically guarantee in life. Whoever wins the SEC will be in the top four. And who better than LSU to break this system as well, you know? That's, that's what keeps me excited for this game. That's what keeps me thinking about, you know, the stars have always aligned when they needed to. Yeah, I don't think they're getting back in the top four, obviously, with three losses, but a three-loss SEC championship team will not finish in the top four, and we're going to have someone who lost the SEC championship game in the top four, and some of the experts are predicting if the right teams lose, that Alabama is actually a reasonable mathematical possibility to sneak back into the top four. So who better than LSU to just screw all that up by winning this Saturday?
0: Yeah, I hear you, bro. Let's talk about this. I'll ask you a little bit about the Saints, but I'm trying to stay light on them as they're terrible. Um, Deion Sanders is reportedly deciding between three FBS head coaching jobs. Uh, Apparently it's down to south florida colorado and cincinnati i haven't asked you your thoughts on coach prime yet man because look he did great things at jackson state um but they're recruiting and are spending and have far more resources there because of some of the investments they made with dion than anyone else has at a big-time FBS level, would this work out, or would it be a situation where the big fish would no longer be in the small pond and Deion would kind of get eaten up? What are your thoughts as he's apparently contemplating the move and going join the quote-unquote big league, so to speak, in the FBS?
8: If you would have asked me this five or six games ago, hell, even last season, I would have thought, eh, Maybe he's he could end up being a little in over his head, you know, he's he's too Hollywood, he's too prime, he's too coach prime, and he might he might get swallowed in the big pond. I just recently, I'm sure you've seen it, I'm sure his man has been making its rounds on social media and I never realized how much of a hard nosed, straightforward disciplinarian that he is as a man and as a coach and this video I've seen making its rounds on social media about all his rules that he expects his players to follow and all his uh, all his you know his dress code things that you know he's he's real big on the little things and he's real big on just making these boys into men and it's not just about winning games and we're gonna do it my way and we're gonna do it right. Until I saw that video, I would have had my doubts. But you know what? He is more than just a face. He is more than just a Hollywood coach prime. I think he would be fine in the FBS. You know, one or two years might be a couple of bumps, might be a couple of seven, eight-win seasons. But, man, if he wants to go, I think he's ready. Give him give him the opportunity. I, I think he very much deserves to be at a big-time, big, big multimillion-dollar program at a – at a big FBS school I I think he's
0: ready for it now I don't even know remotely that this is even a possibility but just imagine coach prime goes to south Florida which is in the Miami area and he brings coach Ed Ogeron on to be his recruiting guy and you got coach prime and you got coach O in south Florida Boy, that would be a show bro that would be bad news for Louisiana because a lot of those kids would be heading down south Boy, there's some possibilities. Then again, I don't know that that's even something even being discussed. But, man, when you think about it, boy, that would be a good phone call for Dion to make, perhaps. Dude,
8: you are going to start a rumor from hell on social media <laughs> and on this bayou. You need to stop that. <laughs> but, uh, hey, I could see it. That would be a match made in heaven. You know, Kocho has proven he's great at some of the small things he's proven to be great at some of the big things but i think number one overall across his entire career he's definitely proven to be the best recruiter in the game for the most part at times um for him to match up and join coach prime man that would be interesting that would be scary for all the recruiting competition out there Bro, the- Again, this is this is just you. I, this is just you and I spitball, and you just came up with this idea off the top of your head. No rumors. We're not starting anything. But man, that would be something.
0: That would be something. Look, the, the Saints are playing Monday Night Football against Tampa. Somehow, they still got some sort of a chance to win their division despite being four and eight. But it was a struggle on Sunday. You lose thirteen to nothing to San Francisco. Um, man. <clears throat> talk me through this like why why are we still doing the Andy Dalton thing why are they not trying something else and look at times Dalton has played well i don't want to lay all the blame at him but man when you've got three quarterbacks on your roster who have played snaps why are they not at least attempting to try something else that's
8: that's a tough one man i don't even know how to answer that i am so puzzled uh, i'm I'm almost ashamed to say this because I've claimed to have been a diehard Saints fan all my life, and I really have been. And I've been that guy that even in the year 2003, I'd be playing Madden. You know, I'm picking the Saints. I'm going to find a way to win with Aaron Brooks, you know. that's I'm that kind of Saints fan. I didn't even watch their last game against San Francisco. Yep. I'm done with them. It's, uh, I know that's me not doing my job, not being – sorry to the community who may have been expecting a better answer than that. I uh, I've given up on them. Uh unless someone offers me free tickets to the game, I'm going because it's a social event. I'm not going to watch good football. Like it's the Saints are just so disappointing this year. Why is Andy Dalton still in the mix? I don't know. And just kinda as we discussed earlier, it's easy for me to coach sitting in this truck right now not being you know not being in the Saints locker room not being on the field not being on the sidelines but um I don't get it I don't agree with it I think the season while you still mathematically can win your division I think you know the season is almost too far gone you know to just keep doing the same thing let's mix it up let's have fun let's Let's shake up the whole NFL and the way teams prepare for us. Put all three healthy quarterbacks on the field at one time. We got to do something. We've got to try something. Is Jameis healthy or not? He's dressed out. He's pumped up to, you know, to be with his teammates and supporting them. And you know, is he listed as healthy? What? Is he? I, I
0: really don't know, Casey. Yeah, no, he, he he's been kind of okay. bickering in the media, saying, "Oh man, it hurts my soul. I want to play. I'm good to go. I shouldn't have lost my job to injury." It's like he's been whining and saying that he's healthy. Yeah, he's he's out there and available.
8: I, I thought, yeah, I, I do remember reading about that. How he was he was sad to you know have lost his job due to injury. But like, okay, if he's back and he's ready, what are we doing? What are we What are we waiting for? Like, who's holding him out and why? And if you don't think he's 100 percent ready to be the guy, then make him the part-time guy. You know, make some, shake up traditional football at this point. You have nothing to lose. You, Dennis, Dennis Allen, he's going to lose his job anyway. Like what?
0: Yeah, no, I'm with <laughs> what, you, bro. What do we
8: do? I'm sorry for being speechless, but you know, to 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 the Saints. Obviously, the Saints aren't listening. But I mean, the Saints fans who are just as frustrated as me, like. What else do you do? I I find it hard to believe anyone would disagree with me at this point. Like, let's shake it up, mix it up, let's have some fun out there. Think of some crazy packages that, that involves multiple quarterbacks on the field at the time. you got one who could do literally everything. You know, come up with some creative packages to score, to get some points on the board.
0: I'm with you, partner. Let's talk a little wrestling, and we're going to talk wrestling outside of WWE first, then we'll get into the WWE stuff. Ricky Steamboat had, they're not calling it a last match, but it was like a Ric Flair-esque match over the weekend where he was in a, a six-man tag. I thought that he looked pretty good, um, did some of his usual stuff, so I'm going to bounce the question off of you. If there's any one guy from like the late 80s, early 90s, kind of our era that you would want to see, and look, you don't have to know for sure that this person's in good physical condition or anything like that. It's just a hypothetical. um, That you would want to see have that one last go-around, who would it be?
8: Man, I know we got to see his prime, and I always hated the guy. I still don't like the guy. I know we got to see some of his best work and his best years when we were growing up mid to late nineties, but I know he was very much active in the late eighties and early nineties. I would want to see a good Brent Hart last match for him to, you know, get the good one that he deserves. And I think, you know, doing his best work like I, I would have loved to have seen like a bret hart kurt angle clinic Whew.
0: that would have been big time that would have been that's, a showcase
8: that's something that you know as a fan would be extremely entertaining to me um man uh, other than him nobody really jumps out in my mind right now the, the only ones that pop up are man that's, that's sad to say but they're all dead you know like uh I, I think of randy savage you know having having a one more good last match that matters because the last thing he was in was embarrassing they should have never done you know i i think about junkyard Dog. Uh, i think about andre the giant you know it's no, there's nobody left, so all, all, all I got for you right now, without really putting a whole lot of thought into it, is a good one more time: Bret Hart versus Kurt Angle. That, that's that's my dream match that I, I feel that we we missed out on as as
0: fans. You know, my answer, and you, you talked about you know perhaps somebody who was deceased. I I think today with the lack of quality heels, I think that Mister Perfect today. Uh, would be MJF oh, on steroids. I think that he would be so much better than what um, anything that we see on TV today. I mean, think Mr. Perfect today as a bad guy. I'm I'm better than you. Heal would just be exceptional.
8: Yes, yes, you are correct. That's uh, hard to disagree with, man. He he was the total package. He he had it all. The mic work, the ring work. He he got real heat. He. he <laughs> found a way to make you hate him man he was uh he was something special he, you're absolutely right
0: so let's talk about survivor series team bel-air defeats team bailey in the women's war games match the bloodline defeats seamus rich holland butch drew mcintyre and kevin owens in the men's match um you've also got austin theory winning the united states championship ronda rousey defeats shotzi and aj styles defeats finn Balor. What did you think of the show, man? I thought it was pretty good. You know, the, anything that Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns are a part of, I like. I thought that the stuff with Theory was pretty cool. He gets his moment winning the United States Championship. You kind of called that one a couple of weeks ago. The women's match, yeah, it was all right. I was a little disappointed that we didn't get Sasha Banks, but Becky Lynch returns, that's pretty cool. What were your thoughts on the show as a whole?
8: Oh, um, Just for, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not like a huge Becky Lynch fan, but for the pop and for the, just for the overall quality, of the show, you know, for, for the, the fans. I mean, having Becky Lynch comes back, come back is, is great. It's just, she's great for the business. I'm happy they did that with her. Um, theory coming up big in the, uh, in the U S title match. That's, man, that's another good one. Um, I, uh, I I have no idea why. I don't remember what I was doing. I uh, I missed the AJ Styles Finn Balor match some kind of way. I don't know what went wrong. I need to go back and watch that. I read that it was amazing, so I obviously need to go do my homework. Um, dude, main event, absolutely love it. I could really care less about the, br- the brawling brutes and, you know, Sheamus is kind of, eh, whatever. Drew McIntyre is kind of, eh, whatever. The, when we when we got to the, first of all, the storytelling leading up to it, you know, with Roman Reigns doing the whole, like, no, oh, wait, let's let us let him go in instead and it was kind of like the, like the loyalty test, um, you know, s- sending Zane in um, and then the, the end, the end of the match, the storytelling, the drama, the Sami Zayn low-blowing Kevin Owens, you know, turning on his friend. Even though they were opponents that night, they were still up to that point. Storyline said they were friends, and this was going to be tougher than to get through. He low-blows them. The... the the dramatic hugs at the end with the bloodline finally accepting Sammy as as one of their own, you know, he's no longer an honorary oos, he's the real thing now. It was it was brilliant and beautiful. I really, really enjoyed that and I think not that the show was bad, but up to that point the show was pretty good. There was no absolutely oh my God groundbreaking thing. That saved it right there.
0: Bro, last question before we let you go. I've got a listener who actually asked me this question in the mailbag, which I'll get to in the next segment. And they may be on to something, and it's kind of got me fired up just thinking about it. Like, we've spent so much time. Oh, who's going to get the belt off for Roman Reigns? Will it be Cody? Will it be The Rock? Will it be this guy? Will it be that guy? Turtle, Sammy Zayn's going to beat Roman Reigns for the championship. He's going to turn on Roman Reigns, and he's going to beat Roman Reigns for the championship.
8: Oof, that one... I did not see that coming. I was not ready to think about that, but man, that's, uh, let's, let's do it. You're right. You're right. I I hope you're right. That is, that is must see WWE television right there. That would be, that would be amazing. I I don't know how they're going to do it, but I mean, half of the story is already written. Now we just need to turn. The, the the crowd the crowd's not going to know what to do because <laughs> right. the, the more you watch, now, now listen, I know you're paying attention. I know a lot of people are paying attention. The bloodline, which is supposed to be this this horrible, heel stable, they, they come out angry, they come out pissed, they come out with passion. They don't care what you think. You're supposed to hate them. And half the crowd loves them for it. Half the crowd cheers them for the sheer... Appreciation for the entertainment value that they bring, and you Sam and the crowd loves Sami Zayn no matter what he's involved in. When he turns on Roman Reigns to win the title, heads will explode. People will not know what to do. That is going to be so amazing. I, I really hope it's right. I cannot wait to
0: see it. Dude, yeah, like, whenever I got that question, I, like, got fired up. I was like, yeah, like, that might be what ends up happening. Dude, can you imagine, like, as they're finally accepting now, like, he's in. You know, he's he's at the big boy table. They all like him. And dude, can you imagine the roar whenever he would finally, you know, kick him in the gonads and turn and, you know, dude, the place would go crazy. It would be insane. The heat and the buildup for that match would be insane.
8: My goodness that that right there, yeah, you it's it's gonna be one of those, man, we're gonna be reading articles on Tuesday, like dude triple H does it again, like, thank God, Vince McMahon's gone because he never would have come up with something this awesome, like it it's gonna it's <laughs> gonna be something like that, like, oh my God, never saw this coming, it was right before our eyes the whole time, like what what were we doing? we were so focused on everything like. Yes. Yes. Do it. Make it happen. Book
0: it. (laughs) I hear you, bro. Look, man. Thanks so much for the time. We're up against the clock. I'll see you on Friday, partner. Um, and and can't wait for next Wednesday. Got a whole lot of stuff to talk about in the next couple of weeks, bro. Yes.
8: As always, thanks for having me, man. It was awesome. We'll uh, we'll see you Friday, and uh, go Tarps, and God bless America.
0: That is Taylor Griffin doing an excellent job, a good segment as always. Let's catch a break. When we get back, i got mailbag questions, and then I've got our betting picks to wrap up the show. It's play-by-play on KLEB. Hi, this is Tessie with Southland Dodge.
7: We are all so thankful for your continued support of our dealership, and we would like to wish everyone a safe and happy holiday season and also a great new year. From all of us at Southland Dodge in Houma, Louisiana.
5: Want more from your bank? Open a Cajun Pride checking account at State Bank & Trust Company and enjoy the benefits. Unlimited check writing, overdraft protection, online banking, mobile banking, debit card, ID theft assistance, safe deposit box discounts, prescription drug discounts, shopping, travel, entertainment discounts, and much more. Call or come in for more information about applicable fees and terms. State Bank & Trust Company. Cajun Banking served just the way you like it. State Bank and Trust Company, member FDIC. If your business
2: needs serious hustle, our internet has plenty. Switch to Rev Business All Fiber Internet with fiber optic velocity close to the speed of light. Sign up and get three months free and thirty percent off. Build your planet. Let's Rev Biz. Let's Rev. Whoever said you can't have it all never had internet that could do it all. Switch to Rev. No contracts. No data caps. No nonsense. It's the high-speed internet you need. Build your plan at letsrev.com. Let's Rev! What does the Weatherbug app tell you?
1: My commute will be a doozy today. Pack my
2: allergy meds.
6: Lightning. Pick up a pizza, not a tennis racket.
2: With more free map layers than any other weather app, Weatherbug tells you more of what you need to know to prepare you for the unpredictable. Discover why over 10 million users choose Weatherbug.
1: Maybe it's a commute to the couch
5: day.
2: Download the Weatherbug app today for free. It's a
5: little light of mine. Look around Louisiana.
2: What do you I'm see? Litter. It it's harmful, ugly, illegal, it's and it's everywhere. It's stealing our pride, our beauty, I'm our shine, and your shine. tax dollars. Governor Edwards and it's Lieutenant Governor Nungesser ask you to join them in keeping litter out of our state once and for
5: all. Louisiana, it's time to put the paradise back in our sportsman's paradise. Visit letlouisianashine.org to keep Louisiana beautiful.
6: When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside.
0: Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Let's dive into the mailbag. We kind of did two segments into one there with Turtle. We got a little bit long. I'm going to end up, we're going to end up needing to find a way to like, just get turtle in here for a day. Like he's going to just need to find a way. Sorry, do friend. If you're listening, we're going to have to steal your guy from you for about 90 minutes every Wednesday. I'm kidding. Of course, but boy, that'd be great. He adds a lot to our shows. Um, and we love spending our, you know, 20, 25 minutes with him every Wednesday. Uh, let's get to our mailbag. If you've got any mailbag questions for us, I'm at KC underscore, just clear on Twitter. We're at Kaylee radio on Twitter. Um, Casey just on Facebook or KLEB Radio on Facebook. You could email me at Casey at gmail.com or shoot me a text with your question. However, you feel like getting your question to me, please do so. The first question comes from a listener, not just a listener, one of our most loyal listeners. Billy Joe wants to know, Casey, will Tulane be ranked higher than LSU if they win Saturday and LSU loses? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think Tulane would be ranked higher than LSU going into the bowl season. Um, I think they probably should be. They would only have one loss throughout the year, and LSU would have four. LSU is currently 14th. Tulane is 18th. Or, excuse me, Tulane has two losses. My bad. Um, I think that it would be a situation where Tulane would would climb higher than LSU. Yeah, certainly. The only way that that wouldn't happen is if LSU would maybe lose like, in overtime or something where it's really close and really competitive. But I think Tulane would jump them, and I think that it would probably be warranted and deserved. Doesn't change the fact that I think that if they played heads up that LSU would you know beat the brains off of them. I think that LSU just got too much speed and they would win by a couple of touchdowns. Um but you know what? That's not a knock against Tulane. With the resources and the athletes that LSU gets in recruiting, the fact that we're even having this conversation is a compliment to Tulane, right? LSU should beat Tulane. They've got better resources. They've got better talent. They've got, you know, four and five-star players, Tulane has two and three-star players. That's the result that should happen. The fact that we're even having this debate is a testament to how great of a year Tulane has had. Next question. Casey, who would you rather have on the Cowboys roster? Lamar Jackson, who you despise, or Mike, Michael Thomas, who you have beef with? <laughs> you guys come up with some crazy-ass questions, man. Um, yeah, Lamar Jackson. I mean, easy. Lamar Jackson. I mean, at least he's going to play at least he's going to be available. I don't think he's as good as he thinks he is. I don't think he's as good as the contract that he wants is going to dictate. I think that over the long haul, over a six or seven year deal, the likelihood that he takes that final shot that's going to end his uh, mobility and end his ability to run, that worries the hell out of me from the perspective of the Ravens. But he's available and he's ready to play, whereas Michael Thomas is on a bad contract, isn't playing, and is low character. So, Easily, easily for me, Lamar Jackson. Uh, I don't doubt Lamar Jackson's ability Sunday. I don't doubt Lamar Jackson's ability next Sunday or the Sunday after that. I just don't know that playing the way that he plays, if he's going to be able to survive the next eight years, right? RG3 did all of this Lamar Jackson stuff for, what, a year and a half, two years, three years? I don't know that for the next decade, I'm going to be able to see him running around and doing all this stuff. And what's going to happen is if he stops running, then he's going to be Russell Wilson right now, which is a guy who's limited with his arm and is going to stay in the pocket trying to protect his body and won't be all that effective. Next question comes from a listener who wants to know, Casey, I have a theory, and this is what we talked about with Taylor. Sammy Zayn takes the title off of Roman Reigns. What do you think? (laughs) Turtle and I talked about this in the last segment. I love it. I think that that would be awesome. I think that the turn would generate a ton of publicity. I think the match would generate a ton of heat. And I think the roar in the building would be incredible. How about we do it at the Royal Rumble? And how about The Rock cost Roman Reigns the title at the Royal Rumble, allowing Sammy to win it, setting up Roman and The Rock at Mania? Give me the book and pen. I'm on fire. I think that'd be awesome. And then you could have Cody come back and feud with Sammy or whatever you want to do. It would be... Amazing, Casey. What will LSU have to do to beat Georgia on Saturday? A lot of fans, I think wrongly, quite frankly, have this idea that LSU is just approaching like Mission Impossible on Saturday, and that like no matter what, they're gonna just get blown out. I don't think Georgia is this indestructible force. Here's what Georgia is gonna do. They're going to be sound. They're not going to make a whole lot of mistakes. They're not going to have a whole lot of penalties. They're not going to beat themselves. And you're going to just have to play really well to beat them. But if LSU plays really well, athlete for athlete, man versus man, I think that they could compete. Kentucky played them 16-6. to Missouri played them 26-22. Like, at times, if you play good, sound defense, you could limit them from scoring. You can muddy up the game, and that's the things is going to have to do. They're going to have to get an easy score, be it special teams. <laughs> yeah, like is going to do something good on special teams. So check that. They're going to have to get an easy score via turnover, a long play, busted coverage type of thing, and then get off the field defensively on third downs and keep possession of the ball. They do those things. I don't see it out of the realm of possibility that we're looking at a 24-20 game that could go in either direction. I don't think that this is as impossible as some folks think. Casey, who is most likely to lose on Saturday? Georgia, USC, TCU, or Michigan? Who is most likely to lose Saturday out of the current top four teams in the country? Michigan shouldn't lose to Purdue, so let's throw them out. Purdue's 8-4. and four. They're not any good. The fact that Purdue is making the conference championship in that conference is every reason why Alabama should be over Ohio State in the college football playoff hierarchy because that's embarrassing and that's a joke. Um, I think Georgia is going to beat LSU Saturday. So my two answers would be um, either USC or TCU. Kansas State's very sound. They are very physical. I could see them giving TCU problems. Actually, let me pull up the line for that game because I got a feeling that's going to be a very close. Yeah, there you go. Uh two two and a half point favorite is TCU. I figured that'd be a close line. Then you got Utah and USC again, two and a half points. Utah beat USC earlier in the season. Um that's just finesse teams that are taking on power teams. That's what that is. <clears throat> and I could see Utah winning again. I could see Kansas State beating TCU. So those would be my two answers, but you asked me to pick one. I'll say it's most likely that Kansas State beats TCU on Saturday. Casey, how far can the U.S. go in the World Cup? I mean, you guys would have to ask my soccer friends this more than me. I would tend, you know, just looking at Las Vegas, I tend to think we're going to lose our next matchup to the Netherlands um, because they're a big underdog there. But I do think it's a great sign for the future of the sport in the country that a young United States team gets to the knockout round. (laughs) But boy, um, it was sure frustrating as hell yesterday, man. The United States doesn't know how to win. They don't know how to close out matches, man. You're facing Iran. You're up one nothing, And there's like three, four minutes left in the match. And you have possession of the ball. And you got guys that are pushing the ball down the field and are like shooting. And and there was even a match, I think, with like 90 seconds left. Or a moment where 90 seconds left where a guy's going down the field. Gets almost into the box and launches a shot. And even the announcers are like, bro, just nestle the ball into the corner. Make them kick it out of bounds. Do your throw-in. Take your time doing your throw-in. Like, just keep possession. There was a lot of selfish play from the United States late in the match. Um, Instead of just draining the clock out, it'd be the same as if a football team was up by seven points late in a game. The other team has no timeouts, and you're throwing bombs. Like, bro, just run the ball. Let's get out of here. Let's get the hell out of here. Um, So once the United States, they've got a lot of talent. They've made and closed that gap talent-wise once they learn how to finish and learn how to win, they're going to be dangerous. Casey, if you were able to eat the same one food for the rest of your life, but only that one food, what would you eat and why? Man, I can only eat one thing for the rest of my life and every single meal I have to have only that. My first inclination would be lasagna, which is probably my favorite food, but lasagna is very rich and I could see where eating that every day would get a little bit heavy. Probably gumbo, right? Like chicken and sausage gumbo, man. It's soothing. Uh, That would have to be my answer, but boy, let me tell you something. I like food a lot. I don't want to ever be put in that predicament because that would be, oh my gosh. Um, But yeah, I'll go a good Meemaw Cajun Cuisine. Shout out to my nanny, Lori chicken, and sausage gumbo. That would be I've ate it my entire life. Ate it for Thanksgiving. Gonna eat it again for Christmas. That would be my go-to. And last question from a listener who wants to know, Casey, will the Saints beat Tampa Bay? Very easy. Nope. They're not gonna beat Tampa Bay on Sunday. Uh, But thanks so much for the question. We go to FanDuel now and we wrap up the show with our betting picks. Yesterday we went 2-1 and and over on Patreon we went 2-1 as well. Two straight winning days. Find me on Patreon, man. We've got all kind of content. We've got uh, high school sports coverage and videos and highlights and everything in between. Our team is working super hard. And we also, of course, hand out the betting picks daily today in the NBA. It's a busy slate. And if my app would load, I could tell you who I like. All right, here we go. Um, I like the Cleveland Cavaliers minus three and a half over the Philadelphia 76ers. Just still too many injuries for Philly there without and Harden. I don't think that the Sixers will be able to keep up, um, in the NBA circles tonight, I also like the Bucs minus six over the Knicks who played last night. <laughs> I think that the Bucks will take care of the heavy-legged New York Knicks and also the last one in the NBA tonight. I like um, the Nuggets to cover 12 against the Rockets. I took this one a few days ago and hit it. It was actually 11 at the time. One more point don't matter to me. I think Denver's still going to blow out Houston. Houston's just not equipped to play in altitude. Really, let's be honest, they're not equipped to play anywhere, but especially not in altitude. Wrap up today's show. I want to thank Brody Williams and Taylor Griffin for the time. Tomorrow, we'll try to have on some other coaches to uh, let you guys know how things are shaking out in the local high school scene. I've got a pulled pork sandwich in front of me that I'm about to devour. So, I've got to wrap up right here. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to Play by Play on KLEB. Have a wonderful rest of the day looking out the window. It looks gorgeous out there. Take care of yourselves. Love you guys so much. We'll be back tomorrow here on KLEB. God bless.
1: A careless driver
0: can change your life in an instant. Do you know what to do or who to call?